0: Hello, I'm Lindsay Hislop and this is When I Grow Up I Want To Be, the career podcast. For over 15 years I've been working with professional athletes, Olympians and other individuals, supporting them in their own personal and professional development. And from my experience, one of the methods to help with this guidance that has a huge positive impact is simply learning from others. And so here on this podcast I have conversations with women in a range of jobs to gain an insight into what they actually do, how they got to be where they are, what their career journey has been like and to hear what advice they would give to others that are interested in that career. I'd hope you'd find these conversations interesting and hopefully enlightening and they might be a good guide for you for when you're asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? This week's episode, I have a really great conversation with Laura, who is a pilot for BA. Yes, she actually gets to fly planes for a living. Now, Laura's had a really interesting career journey. She started out wanting to be a clinical psychologist, but then is now a BA pilot. She's had some great experiences along the way, and just in a couple of twists and turns, so I'll let her explain, in her own words, how she became a pilot. I hope you enjoy. Here goes. Laura, it's so good to see you. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh no, thank you. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for asking me on it. No, well, it's taken us a couple of attempts to do this because I know that you've been well. So um it's great to see you I know I know it's so nice isn't it we've finally got all the planets aligned and we're here that's it (laughs) um and I know we've had um we've had some kind of brief conversations before in the run-up of trying to arrange dates and things so I've got a bit of of an idea of the kind of things that that you might possibly talk about with your career which already I'm wanting to to get more information on because it's just the basic details but um I've worked within my career there's been quite a few players that I've worked with that have wanted to become you're a pilot should say that Mm. you're a pilot (laughs) um so there's been quite a few players that have wanted to become pilots and Mm. um we've done kind of insights we've gone to um flight schools so that they get a bit of an idea of it so I've got a bit of an insight there and I've been to some aviation recruitment um fairs and and things Mm. and it's tended to kind of range from there's been some extremely young children there that are fascinated mm. with flying they're fascinated with planes they want to become a pilot through yeah. to later on in life um that it's a some of the players have seen it as a potential career opportunity so yeah I guess I'm just really interested for you of we will come into how you became a pilot but why did you become a pilot what was it that made you want to be a pilot
1: well I'm one of those that came into it a little bit later okay. so it was not anything that I thought of doing when I was younger you know if you ask me what I wanted to do when I was younger it was not be a pilot. Um, so I kind of stumbled across aviation in that I had done um, I had gone to university and I'd done clinical psychology i wanted to go on and do become a clinical psychologist that was kind of like what I wanted to do um but I didn't actually do amazingly well at uni and I didn't get the grades I needed in order to get onto my master's course so uh, I thought to myself right I'll go back I'll retake some modules and get my points up and stuff like that but in the meantime I kind of wanted to go and do some travel but I didn't have any money so my mum said to me she said well you know why don't you become cabin crew go to Virgin atlantic they just do long haul and work your way around the world basically and just go to destinations and and just have fun and, and do travel that way and i thought what oh, a good idea, yeah. good idea. So that's exactly what i did yeah she's a wise old bird my mum so um i followed her advice and uh started working for Virgin atlantic and i just i love that job it was so much fun and it was kind of my mindset of right i'm gonna go to every destination they fly to and I'm just going to go and do what you should do in that destination you know so I did skydiving and shark diving and and hired cars and went around and just saw what I could see you know in a relatively short space of time that you have when you're working you know you might have one or two days or you, you might be lucky and and maybe get 5 days somewhere or something so i just i had the best time it was so much fun and um i, I i've been doing that maybe about a year and uh mum and dad you know, kind of sat down and they're like look you're having a lovely time and you know it's great that you're doing this but what are you going to do you know if you think about going back to uni let's start thinking about this and let's start making a plan for maybe in a year's time or whatever and the more I thought about it the more I thought I don't I don't, don't want to go back to to psychology I love it it's a great a, an amazing um thing to 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 learn and and to be involved in but I just lost my passion for it yeah but what I lost in that I found in aviation and all of a sudden I was like I love this industry this industry is really cool it's it is so much going on and there's so many different careers I could take in this so I started looking in aviation and thinking you know uh, do I want to stay cabin crew do I maybe want to be cabin crew trainer and then I started thinking a little bit further afield and then you know thought about ops or flight planning or uh, um, ATC, or uh, it was kind of my last thought. Oh, maybe I could be a pilot. You know, I'm, I'm on planes at the minute and I kind of, you know, I talk a lot to them and their job looks really cool. Uh, and then I was a bit like, nah, I can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah. Not clever enough. I don't belong in the flight deck. Uh, Male dominated environments, not for me. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, definitely don't have the brains to do that. And then I, I got chatting to some of the pilots about being a pilot and i said this to them i was like, oh, "I just don't think i could do this and they kind of turned around to me and they went what are you talking about you don't, you don't need to be some brainiac to be a pilot of course you can do it you need to be able to work hard you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of hard work involved in this job but you don't need to have some aeronautical engineering degree to do this they were like you "Don't be." So they basically told me not to be so stupid <laughs> and um their advice to me was to go and get a test flight Mm -hmm. so that was the next thing I did my next birthday that's why I asked for for my next birthday was to go and have um get taken up in a light aircraft for an hour uh and they said just make sure you enjoy it and I did I loved it and that was it I was like hooked I was like (laughs) oh right okay um and then I did my research figured out you know what it was going to take to be a pilot how much it was going to cost what kind of the job prospects were after it and stuff like that and um came to my parents and was like this is this is what I want to do um and yeah that that was the
0: wow. start of it yeah I think what's re- what's really interesting is that you said that one of the things that was stopping you was the the idea that it was a male-dominated environment mm. yeah and yet I'm guessing that those that you talked to were the pilots were predominantly male and yeah. yeah they were the ones that were behind you
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah and-, and I love that that's one thing about this this
1: industry is that everybody is behind you. You decide you want to do this and there are going to be so many people that help you along the way the way and I I wouldn't be where I am without the help of so many people. Yeah. Either cheering me on or you know when I've struggled and I'm not going to lie I have you know because it's it's it is it is a long road to getting your license and then even when you have your license then you know there's more training and uh there's constant training all the time every every six months you know we get trained and stuff everyone's rooting for you and everyone wants to help you be better and to train you to get you know to get you to a certain place um and yeah I'm so grateful for the people that have helped me along the way and if I can pay that forward and help other people along the way then yeah it's it's all good
0: yeah and do you, would those people because you were cabin crew you were in there mm. would they still would there still be that sense of of willingness to help even if you weren't within within the plane as as cabin crew? oh gosh yeah you know absolutely. outside of the industry just to get an idea of even if it's just what is it like yeah open in that sense. oh absolutely absolutely I think if you if you're interested in in
1: becoming a pilot if you know a pilot or you know somebody who knows a pilot Mm -hmm. if you can just ask them just say can I have a chat to you about like what is it how did you do it what what do you need I just I just want to chat to you it's it's honestly it's such a great career it's so lovely to hear other people want to talk about it and and to and to ask you about it because if somebody's got that interest yeah you want to help them you know, either ignite more or, or get them get them to a place yeah. they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a there's a young lad in the village that I live in and um, you know, he just done his A levels. He was working just in a in a a club up the road from me. And his mum said, Oh, my son wants to be a, a pilot. Do you mind if he has a chat with you? So he wasn't in the industry at all, but he wanted to do it and it was it was it was so lovely to chat to him he's now flying for EasyJet. he's gone through the whole wow. thing and it's been absolutely amazing kind of keeping up to date with him and yeah. seeing how he was doing and it's just lovely it's just really yeah. lovely to see yeah. somebody uh, go through the whole thing and, and get to where they want to be
0: yeah it's really is nice it, is that encouragement isn't it that if that's something that you're interested in run with it go with it absolutely it. yeah right and and that's what I would say like
1: advice for anybody who wants to do it would be have the confidence in your own ability and go with it and don't be afraid to ask for help Um, because there will be times and there were definitely times that I thought oh my god this is this is too hard I can't do this I'm really struggling Um, but I just asked for help and somebody went you know whether it was an instructor or whether it was one of my classmates or a fellow pilot or whatever um, everyone was always willing to to give me the help because I think if you ask anybody who's done this, they will have been there as well. No. I don't yeah. think anybody has has said, Oh gosh, yeah, you know, I flew through the training and 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 you know, it was all really easy and did. it There are definitely moments that you'll have where you're a bit like, oh man, this is really difficult, this is hard, you know. This is it takes a lot of dedication, it does take sacrifice. Um, and there will be parts of it where you just think, oh, it's it's quite intense, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you've got somebody you know being your cheerleader and being like no come on you can do it and what are you are struggling with let me help you
0: yeah yeah
1: you know so it's, it's great it's lovely nice, nice community you know you get this kind of like aviation kind of uh, it's, it's a really weird thing and a lot of people say it like when you work in aviation it like gets you yeah you're in
0: it <laughs> you know, you're never leaving but you don't <laughs> want to leave <laughs> it's lovely I love it it's a great industry it so it sounds it and just something to pick up on. So when you've said that you started to train that in psychology that you want to be a clinical psychologist, mm. what I'm finding really interesting and fascinating there is that, and you've said that you didn't quite get the grades to to proceed in that. Mm. And I guess it's just that, um, and this might just be because of the social social support that you had within the industry, but that confidence then that when you've gone through something like that, that you've dedicated time to it, and you didn't quite get there. And that was the route that you were going yeah. to then just totally change into a totally different industry, but then have that confidence and belief that, no, I can actually do this and go on to mm. it. As you said, it, it is so hard to become a pilot. Um, and I just think that's just a really interesting point of that there could be some things that you don't quite succeed in but then look where else you could go because yeah if that happens to others that they might go a different they might do something differently after that because they've not succeeded where they wanted to yeah
1: I and I think it it does depend on where your passion lies so you know Becoming a clinical psychologist wasn't going to be easy either. And I can remember speaking to my lecturer and he said, make sure you want to do this before you embark on it. You need to have the passion to drive through this. He said, because it's incredibly competitive. And be prepared to possibly not get exactly where you want to be. And he was quite honest with me in that he said, um, you know, that's where he was working towards, and he was, he'd become a lecturer whilst doing, you know, a lot of his research and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, he was like, you, you could end up being a lecturer. Do you want to be a lecturer? And I was like, no, absolutely. That's not what I want to do. Yeah. And he was like, he goes, I'm not saying that, you know, you obviously can get to wherever you want to go um with the dedication and the hard work. But he was like, it's really competitive out there. So mm-hmm. you want you need to have the drive. Mm-hmm. And you know, being a a pilot is competitive as well. You know? Yeah, yeah. So but I just find that I had the drive there and I didn't have it there so I just you know kind of think it's wherever your passion lies yeah. it's wherever that kind of that thought of I I'm going to get to that end goal
0: yeah yeah and to
1: just be tenacious with that and be like yeah. that's it that's I just need to keep going right. and um not not be worried about failing mm. because it's life there will be times, you know, you might not pass an exam. You might not pass an assessment. Um, I I failed several times. You know, I failed going into so so the uh, training organization that I went to go and get my license. You I, you had to you have to take an, an assessment to get in. I failed the assessment the first time. Gosh. And but, you know, the advice was when I went through my debrief, the guy was like, you know, you've done really well on some parts. And there's this part that's kind of brought you down. But he said, don't worry about it. Go and work on that. Go and get a tutor. Wow. Go and just improve on it. These are things that you can improve on. Yeah. Um, and then come back in six months and redo it. And I did. And I got in, you know, so it's like there's I would say that being a pilot is a skill and mm-hmm. the skill can be uh, trained and taught and worked on. Mm. So I don't think, you know, nobody is a, is a natural born pilot. You might have had the passion when you were young. Mm. Um, but I think everybody, you everybody, in essence, goes and gets the same license and goes through the same training. Mm. So regardless of where that passion started or where it came from, you're going to be trained in the same way. Mm. So, yeah. you know, if you don't think that, you know, it, it's not something that has been a burning desire ever since you were little and you're you know you're not you're not a natural pilot I don't think anybody is I think this is this is a, a career where the the skill is trained yeah and you need to practice it and you need to to work at it which throughout is, your career as well yeah it doesn't but ever you,
0: stop why it's called it is the training route yeah because exactly that um yeah I think what's just really interesting is that you didn't even know that you, you're so passionate about this industry when <laughs> you didn't even know it you went through university yeah. with one career in mind yeah and it wasn't because you just wanted to see the world travelling that you then yeah. and that that's just what I absolutely love I love stories like this um mm. where that it, it, it's a surprise to you that you just never knew that it was in you and then yeah yeah like, yeah. And that's, that, that has surprised me, actually, the fact that I've done it. These def, I
1: still get these moments where I, you know, it's like a, it's like a pinch myself moment. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm here. Oh, my God, I've done it. You know, because if I look back 13 years when I thought oh, I'm going to be a pilot and, and to those conversations, well, actually, that no, was 17 years ago that I had these conversations with, with those pilots where I was like, no, I can't do it. I mean, look back then and then look to where I am now there's this moment of, oh my God, how did I get here? I, like, I, I did it, I did it, oh my God, <laughs> you know? Um, uh, yeah, so that that's... That's what you yeah, want from
0: a job, isn't it? That's yeah. exactly what you want from a job. Yeah. So becoming a pilot then, how do you... Is there one set route that you have to, to go through to become a pilot, or is what's your... What's your history of, of how you became to become a qualified pilot? So there's not
1: one set route. Ultimately, in order to be a pilot, you have to get your license. Yeah. But there are different ways that you can go and get that license. Um, so I did what's called uh, an integrated ab initio course. And that was with an approved training organization that ran this specific course. And basically it took you from not really knowing anything about aviation or or piloting uh, an aircraft to getting what's called a frozen air traffic pilot's license an atpl and this course took about it'll take about 18 months to two years i suppose depending on how long it takes you to get through it um and um the first five to six months is um um It's called ground school, and you are in a class. And we sat there from 8 30 every day, every day till five, learning about all the stuff you need to learn to be a pilot. So there was theory of flight, there's air law, there's meteorology, there's radio navigation, there's, you know, all these. There's about 14 different topics that you need to learn and you need to pass exams Mm -hmm. in order to prove that you have the theoretical knowledge to be a pilot. And then once that's all done, that was the really hard bit. And that was the bit I <laughs> honest, honestly, like I really struggled with because um you know I I, I didn't have uh, I didn't even do physics at GCSE. So there was all this kind of theoretical knowledge that I I did struggle with. Um but I had an amazing set of classmates. A lot of them had done aeronautical <laughs> engineering, so often you know, it'd be me late at night, being like uh, one of my housemates. I was like, James, can you help me? Can you help describe this and stuff? I like was so patient with me; it was amazing. Um, and the instructors were great, you know. So if I ever struggled, they'd be like, right, let's go through this again. You know, let's 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 get you through these these exams. Um, and um, so yeah, that was kind of the ground base hard slog in Mm -hmm. the classroom, like learn, 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 regurgitate, pass an exam. Uh, And then you go off to do your fair weather flying. We went out to America, we went to Phoenix, Arizona, and you're basically the desert in a light aircraft learning how to fly it was so much fun oh my god if I could go back and do that I'd do it in a heartbeat it was hilarious um and yeah you're kind of navigating uh using visual references on the ground and stuff like that so okay. that's you know it's fair weather flying so you're you've got maps and stuff and you're doing time-based kind of navigation and all this kind of stuff but it, was, it was loads of fun um and then uh so out there you then You then obtain your commercial pilot's license in a twin um, propeller engine aircraft. And then you come back to the UK and you do what's called an instrument rating. And basically, that is learning how to fly an aircraft based on... um, instruments on your in your aircraft and ground base right, kind of okay. navigational aids so basically you're flying in a rubbish weather which is why I come back to the uk to do it you're in <laughs> cloud, you have no visual reference to the ground but you're learning how to fly an aircraft um, in like rubbish weather and using using your instruments using your aircraft to navigate your way from a to b um, and then so you pass your ir that's another test and then you do like a multi-crew corporation um a multi-crew what's it called an mcc um multi i can't remember what that's called now sorry my brain's gone a bit funny but it's basically uh, being able to work with somebody else because up until then you've done everything solo you are the only pilot right. and then you do a training course in how to work with somebody else because that's going to be your career you're going to be working with somebody else as yeah. uh, so you do um the multi-crew corporation course and then you do what's called a jet orientation course um, and that is basically Giving you the very basics of flying a jet, because you know it's all quite different to flying um, a little propeller aircraft. Mm. And then that's your um, frozen ATPL. So you have your basic license now. So I did mine integrated, but you can do it in what's called a self-improver or a modular route. In which case, in which point, you don't go to a specific training organization and go through the entire thing like I did. Yeah, you do it kind of in your own time. Okay. So you obviously you have to get an, an instructor and you'll learn how to fly an aircraft and get your private pilot's license and your uh, commercial private license. But you do it in your own time. Yeah. So, so a lot of people have, will do that. You get Your hours in that sense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You build your hours. Um, you do. You still have to do all the exams, um, but you're training in your own time um, you're studying in your own time. You do the exams in your own time. Mm-hmm. So it can take a little bit longer. Uh, it can be a cheaper way of doing it. Yeah. because you know a lot of people that I know that have done that were working at the same working. time right and it was kind of they were punctuating you know their their work week with doing that and working towards kind of bolting on everything you need yeah um the other route you can you can go military you can go military to do it and I, I toyed with it but actually I was too old to join the military by the time I decided I wanted to do this
0: and what age was that actually? yeah
1: I t- 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 I started training when I was 24. Okay. And I think, I'm not entirely sure, it might have changed, but I think you need to have started your training in the military before your 24th birthday. Right, okay. But don't quote me on that. But okay. I, th- I think <laughs> I can remember. It's it only 24, 22. Um, either way, I was like, well, that's just out for me. I'm too old. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I couldn't do it. So, uh, I mean, it would have been really good fun, and I've known a lot of guys that have done the military route, and their careers sound brilliant really interesting they've flown some
0: amazing jets um what and they've then transferred over to yeah
1: commercial yeah Yeah. okay yeah I don't I don't know the process of of transferring I don't know the ins and outs of that um but you, you you could easily find it online Yeah. Yeah. Um, A really good place to go if people are interested is the civil aviation website, the CAA. So if you go to actually, if you just type in how to be a pilot, UK CAA, you'll come across the website. And that website basically gives you the the kind of uh, the foundations of what you need in order to become a pilot.
0: And how long how long did that take you then? Because there's there's from from when you first started to then when you when you got your license how long did that that, take? that took me 18 months okay
1: yeah it can take a bit longer you know it um you know some people will maybe be if, if you haven't passed some of the exams you get back coursed and you have to redo some things or it might just take you a little bit longer to build up your hours yeah you know mm. so um but generally yeah, i'd say between 18 months and two years until you get your frozen ATBL
0: and what did you then do what was your next step once you got ah Right, well, (laughs) this took me
1: on a bit of a detour that I didn't expect during (laughs) my flying career in that uh, when I came out of training, it was 2010, uh, end of the credit crunch recession. So aviation had taken a massive hit during 2008 and up to 2010 and it hadn't quite recovered. Um, And so when I came out of training, there weren't really many jobs oh so i didn't have a huge amount of options available to me so i um i just peppered everyone with my cv and i ended up going into a um private jet management company that were based at the airport that i trained at I, I walked in and said oh i've got my new license so i could be <laughs> a pilot uh, and um, i said to the to the ceo he's quite a small company uh, he's kind of looking at my CV and I was like, you know, do you want to apply jobs? <laughs> and he was like, no, but uh, I can see, are you a cabin crew? And we really need cabin crew. So would you like to be cabin crew on a private jet? And I thought, uh, yes, please. Thank you wow. very much. Because, you know, there were no fine jobs. So I just wanted to do something in aviation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it happened so quickly. I ended up that afternoon going speaking to the cabin crew manager and I um, Three days later, I was on my first private jet flight as sole cavalry member to Helsinki. I remember it like it was wow. yesterday on a small jet. This was, um, uh, a little hawker, and uh, yeah, there was. Uh, I think that could hold up to eight passengers. I think I had four on my first flight. Yeah, and you were responsible for all the catering and the cleaning, and yeah, you were responsible for everything to do with the passengers. Yeah. Um, and so I joined that company. I did cabin crew for maybe about four or five months. And then um, they offered me a job on a light jet called a Citation Jet. Uh, that holds about four to six passengers, so it's mm-hmm. quite small. Um, and uh, so that was my first ever jet job, and okay. I I spent about, well, it was only about five or six months uh, flying the jet round Europe. Yeah. Um, it was so much fun. It was so yeah. much fun. We went to some really cool destinations because it's such a small jet, and you that, could fit into yeah. some really small airfields. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're taking, uh, you know, private clients passengers all over the place to some really cool places all around europe so that was a huge amount of fun then they made me redundant well they made the whole fleet redundant um and um it's just because they were the the company was moving away from the kind of light jet stuff there was more money in kind of the medium-sized heavy jet kind of stuff so the fleet was was decreasing um so they didn't have the jobs for us so they made us redundant but um they said if anybody wants a job on another jet, slightly bigger jet, uh, there's a position down in the Congo. So I put <laughs> my hand up. I think I was the only one that put my hand up, so I got the job <laughs> by oh, default. Um, so I ended up going and getting my type rating on um, a jet called a Challenger, a Challenger 601, and found myself down in the Congo. Mm. And that was so much fun. I absolutely loved the Congo. That was hilarious, fun, um, really good experience. And uh, that was working for an oil company. They wanted a jet down there to trans- transport their MDs around to meetings, kind of all around West Africa and stuff. Oh my god! Um, so did that for a bit, and then that contract moved over to Nigeria, and so I found myself based in Nigeria. And actually, the company that I was working with, um, they brought. The majority of their aircraft down to Nigeria because aviation wasn't doing amazingly well in Europe but it was booming down in Africa right so they saw um, an opportunity down there and brought all the aircraft and all the crew down to um Nigeria and we were based in Abuja and Lagos and I kind of moved around different contracts and worked on different aircraft and stuff but basically found myself flying down in Africa for four years four
0: years yeah wow <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it was really good fun it was a really good experience um and I definitely look back at it with rose-tinted (laughs) glasses I think that's just human nature isn't it to just be like oh it was so much fun it was great we did this we did this I've got some really cool stories and Uh, and ultimately it got me to where I am now but it it was hard there were there were definitely moments down there that were quite trying um Africa can be quite a, a difficult place to operate in. Yeah. Um but oh it was great. It was great. I will say that I'm very glad that I found myself in that position because I'm not sure that had the option been, oh look, here's a here's an airline job or like here's a, a wacky African job for you, what were you going to take? Yeah. I probably would have taken the airline job if I'm honest because yeah. of everything that, that that can then offer you. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm glad I was pushed into that or had no option but just to say, yes, I need a job, I need to find aircraft, I need hours, I'm gonna go wherever anybody will take me to go and do that. Yeah. Um because yeah, it 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 definitely was an experience. Yeah. My poor mother and father, honestly, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, oh gosh, going down to Africa at the time when there was a lot kicking off down there kind of politically with um you know like riots and Boko Haram had was rising up there and and had quite a lot of control over certain parts of Nigeria and I, I think every time my mum turned on the news there was you know some bomb had gone off in Abuja or Boko Haram had taken you know um, a western worker off a construction site and was holding them hostage for all this kind of stuff my mum was like oh, are you okay like, where are you <laughs> I was like oh I'm just glide around Africa it's fine don't worry about me obviously as a mum and now being a mum I know what she went through so my, my poor mum I have yeah I have a lot to <laughs> thank it. my parents for because yeah That's it. I put them through it when I was down there but um <laughs> it was it was a really good experience yeah and then, and then what, did, what did that lead to well that led to me uh getting my fine hours up and then ultimately uh then i was able to apply to airlines so until you have um until you have a certain number of hours well it, it totally depends on on the industry at the time and um what the airlines are up to but uh the airlines were slowly during the time i was in africa they were slowly recovering from um kind of the recession all that kind of stuff so um i, I currently work for uh, british airways and um they hadn't opened up their equipment for a really long time and it was in 2015, they opened up their recruitment for direct entry pilots. And I think you needed like 500 hours on a, on a jet that was over a certain weight, which I had. And, um, as great as Africa was, I was very ready to leave. And I really wanted to get back to the UK and, um, and fly for British airways. So yeah, I applied for them and managed to get through their selection process. And
0: here I am. I find myself as a first officer on the A320 fleet. Yeah. So, so now, now with BA, what is your, so what is your day-to-day life as a pilot with BA? What do you do? Where do you go? What's involved in all of that? So I
1: fly on their short haul fleet. So I'm basically doing um, European destinations. Okay. Um So currently, actually, well, I'm in Cairo at the moment. (laughs) So that's probably as far as we go at the moment um, on the 320, um, but it's mainly uh, doing the small uh, short haul hops around Europe. Um, So uh, my roster, we don't have a set roster, um, Mm -hmm. but so the roster might be, you know, I work four days on doing a variety of different flights, and then have three days off, and then I might work two days on and have two days off. And then you know we you have you have you have some control over your roster. We have like a bidding system, so you bid for flights, and you bid for days off, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yes, it's very varied. It's very varied. Yeah. So uh, I was in Larnaca yesterday. I'm in Cairo. Today, uh, I fly back later on this afternoon and then tomorrow I go to Nuremberg in the morning and then end up in Edinburgh. And at the end of Friday, I think I do a Frankfurt and back and then I go home. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. All (laughs) over the place. It's great. I love it. It sounds it. And how do you you manage that? You've just said that you're a mother. How do you manage that with family? How does that work for you? Oh, gosh, I've got
1: a very understanding husband. (laughs) Um, And uh, we have some really great childcare in places as well yeah yeah so it's not easy juggling this especially going away for for nights I try and not go away for too many nights like one night possibly two will be my max um you know I just uh, you know yeah like I miss I miss my kids. You know, I've got a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old and, and a lovely husband, and I do miss them when I'm away. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to be able to get back. And that's why I, I do like that about short haul, is that um, there's a lot of variety. If you wanted to go away for six nights, you could do a tour that's five or six days. You could do that. Yeah. If you want to be back every night, you could be. Um, I'm a little bit too far away from the airport to do just day trips. I've tried to do it and it was absolutely knackering. So my commute is about an hour and a half. So, uh, and and if you hit it at the wrong time, it can be two hours plus, you know, so I, I did do day trips in the hope to get back kind of every night, but I just found being in the car for four or five hours plus flying was just too much. So, um, kind of being able to manage your own kind of energy levels and, and, um, and just know kind of what works for you doing your day trip is great. And then one
0: night away and then be able to come back and reset and help at home and stuff tends to work really well. Yeah. It's great that you're able to, when you said that you don't have a set roster that you sign up to, it's great that you can do that. You yeah. are able to manage it around your family.
1: Yeah. And and you know what all airlines are different. This is just is you know, the airline that I work for, that's what we do here. But um, I know other airlines have set roster patterns, you know, so you work four on three off or five on four off, or I'm not entirely sure what it is, but um, you know, on, on the private jets, um you could get contracts where it's two weeks on, two weeks off. Gosh. Uh when I was down in Africa, because it was, you know, so far away from home, we did month on, month off. Wow. Which, yeah. Which was, it It had its upside. Definitely. You know, you've got, you've got a month off. Yeah. Um, you were able to be at home and, and properly be at home, but you're away for a month, yes. you know? So I knew that at the time, you know, once I'd kind of been doing that for four or five years and I was getting to a point where, you know, me and my husband were thinking, well, we want to have kids. Mm. Um, I, uh, I was almost faced with quite a difficult decision. If I stayed in corporate, I'm not entirely sure I would have been able to make it work.
0: Okay,
1: you know, even with the two week on, two week off roster, and that's just, that was just the nature of that job that I was doing at the time. So it it that's what it was, you know. So you're then kind of thinking, uh, can can I can I have kids and be away for two weeks? And that for me was uh, personally, I just couldn't do that. So. It was, it was really important for me to get into an airline and get some kind of roster stability that would then allow me to have kids. Because had I not got into an airline, I think I might have been faced with a decision of, of, of choosing between flying and, and having a family. And I wouldn't have given up being a mum for anything. Right. Which, you know, you then think, oh, you know, would I have given up? You'd have to give up flying. Which would have made me really sad. Yeah. But yeah. It's you know, a good decision. I love being a mum. Yeah. And I I am so glad I was never faced with that decision. You know, I was I was like, right, now, now my goal is big. I need to get to an airline. And that was it. It was like go, 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 go. Really but work then, hard at that. But
0: then you're able to do both. And I think that's the other thing, that you've not had to make that choice. You've not had to lose yeah. one part or the other. That yeah. You've been able to do both. And you're able to make yeah. work. And I know you've said husband and support network but um yeah yeah it's not easy but do you know what I I I don't think you know I'll ask you your job yeah
1: it's never easy (laughs) any mum and never never has any mum said oh my gosh working and having kids is really easy and I've got loads of time and no said no mum ever it it. is difficult whatever you do so knowing that every mum you're in the same boat with every mum regardless of what career you're in Mm. um I just think uh yeah it's tough but Gosh, if you can go to work and really enjoy your work, it does make being away from your kids
0: Absolutely.
1: not easy, but it softens the blow a little bit. And you're like, actually, no, I'm good with this. Like, this is this is something that I really enjoy. um And I'm, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to work at this, and and they'll understand, you know.
0: They'll, and it's, it's, it's words that you use with your kids, isn't it? It's not that I have to go to work; it's I mm. I want to. And that yeah. when you come back and you're happy that you're making it work, that you're doing something you're passionate about. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It, you know, it's cliche, isn't it? It's the juggle. Um, it is, yeah. But, it, like, everyone's there. You that's know, so. Everyone's exactly the same. So but with your, um, I'm guessing the kind of, there's a stressful part of your job in that kind of sense of, of the organisation and everything. But talking about your your current job with MBA, with these flights, what's the... Um, what's the what's the most exciting part what bit do you enjoy the most Uh, the most
1: exciting part um I mean flying an airplane is really exciting (laughs) (laughs) that's (laughs) what I do and I really enjoy it and you know take off and landings can be really good fun you know um and then you know, so it's just kind of like, yeah, that that job is, is, is a cool job. I really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then there's there's a the travel part of it. I really like traveling, you know. And you know, you can um, you, you get to be in some really cool destinations. So I'm in Cairo today, which is great. You know, I get to see a little bit of Cairo. Um, I did a Berlin uh, where I had a whole day from Berlin, and I rented some little scooters. You know, those little motorized scooters. <laughs> um, uh, and and just bombed around and, and saw you know everything that you do in berlin and sort of saw some sites and um you know then had a night in paris we didn't have a huge amount of time in paris but we stayed really central so we we're able to go out and have a little bit to eat and um mm. you know i just like the and every airline is different um and uh you know i go i i, I work on short haul and uh, you can do long haul you know long haul you you get more time in a destination obviously because you're going further um and you get to go to some really cool places but you know personally for me right now where I am in my career I really enjoy short haul and I think that there's no better place to be than flying around Europe in the summer. It is so much fun because of all the you know you're doing short flights and and I sometimes look at my week and I'm like, oh, great. So I'm going to be in Berlin. So uh, I get to go out and, and eat German food. And then the next night I'm going to be in Paris. So, you know, I get to eat some French food. And then uh, I might go to Amman. And then, so, oh, I mean, I basically eat my way around Europe. Oh, my I love that i job is surrounded, just centred on food. Brilliant. Just around food. Yeah, <laughs> just around food. So, yeah, I can get pizza. Then I can get steak. Then, then I can get this It's just, it's lovely. Um, But Europe is just Amazing, and there's um yeah we're really lucky in that we're we do stay quite central to places. So even if you have a short amount of time, there's always enough time to kind of dart out and go and see something, or go and have a nice coffee, or have something nice to eat, or or something like that. You know, I think um yeah make the most of where you are, and 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 you're with like-minded people as well. So they all want to go and do something as well. So you know, it's great. Yeah, that that that's that's the bit that um it's really lovely yeah you get to to see some really cool places and, mm-hmm. and go to places I that you, you yeah and you, you might not go to kind of in your own time no no you know just to, to spend a night in a city that you might not necessarily think of of going yeah kind of yeah in your own in your own leisure time or for a jolly uh that's really cool you're like oh yeah i managed to go there and i saw this and i did that i mean africa was a prime example of that i don't think i would ever have taken myself down to the congo or to you know Nigeria had it not been for a job, but I'm so glad I managed to experience that.
0: Yeah, yeah. and that's it is that it's the experience, isn't it? That yeah, being able to do that. And what what bits do you find either possibly the hardest or the bits that you possibly don't enjoy as much? What's what's the kind of the opposite? Um, if there is anything, I would I would say um being away from
1: kids is probably yeah that that's my thing I do really miss my kids and especially my five-year-old is getting to a point where he understands when I put my uniform on I'm going and I get this little sad face oh God. you know when I go and he's like do you have to go and I'm like yeah I, I I really do you know I I need to go yeah and mum needs to go to work you know for all kinds of different reasons um you know he's only five and he, I, I do feel bad I do you know I, I don't want to leave my kids um but, you know, we go back to the point that we said before, you know, it is something that I really enjoy. It's a big life lesson for them to see both parents going out and working because that's the world. You yeah. know, I know, mm. I know, I know very few families where um, both parents don't work. Yeah, You know, it's mm. it's it's all, it's quite, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's more common than, than not. Yeah. So if that's the world they're growing up in, you know, they will be with somebody, they'll, their partner will work. So yeah. if it's just that's just the way in the world yeah. so
0: and you know it is pretty cool isn't it that he can say my yeah. mom's a pilot
1: oh he doesn't think I'm cool at all he wants to be what no. my husband does yeah yeah It's like what do you want to be when you grow up what well, daddy daddy <laughs> not mummy? no she's not cool she's mum whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day one day in the future he'll think I'm cool yeah. but right now nah, I'm just mum I mean he misses that's me point. but he's just yeah he's just mum whatever
0: yeah <laughs> So you touched on it earlier, but um never we didn't we didn't talk about it. But if you were or when you were asked this question when you were younger, what did you say? So when you were asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? What did you want to be when you grew up when you were younger? Oh, oh gosh, I went through so many things. When I was when I was young, when I was
1: probably kind of, you know, like I'd say between the age of 10 to 16, uh, I wanted to be an actress. I loved I love drama I love theatre yeah I, I I just loved it yeah I was like I'm gonna be an actress you know yeah wow big stage shiny lights yeah I loved it absolutely loved it I did uh, yeah I was always involved in plays uh, not always got the best parts my, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I made my parents sit, sit through some pretty <laughs> dire performances um but uh yeah I, I I did I was part of a little stage school on the weekend and they had an agency attached so um mm. did you know just like extra work on tv and stuff and I loved it and I thought that's what I want to do that's what I want to do and then um kind of reality hit of what that actually meant <laughs> um you know and thinking oh yeah no actually maybe I don't want to do that anymore so I kind of got to the age of 17 18 what I was like uh doing my a-levels and um found psychology and was like wow this is really interesting I think I'm gonna go and do that so yeah
0: then moved on to that and then moved away from psychology to become a pilot yeah I think that's great and I just love it that and I kind of say this a lot in in different episodes but just you don't have to stick to one route and that you need to know what it is because exactly that you've gone from wanting to be an actress to be a pilot with something yeah. else totally different in the middle um yeah as well as, well as cabin crew and everything so um yeah. So, yeah and you meet you meet i meet a
1: lot of pilots that you know this is second career and there was um you know like on my course when i went through my training um it we were, we were slightly unusual in that we had um older cadets on our on our course that had all done different things you know there was one guy who um he was a he owned his own uh what was he, uh, optometrist, optometrist, eye doctor. Oh, he well, was in I... practice. Yeah. He and gave that he... up to be, a... yep, gave it up, but want to be a pilot. That's like, wow, that's oh, quite gosh. a career in itself, you know? Yeah, that's yep. it. Yeah, there was a lawyer as well, he a very successful lawyer, and he decided, no, nope, that's it, I'm done with that, I want to be a pilot.
0: Wow. Yeah. How many, um, how many other women, other females, were on your training or that you experienced within... Well, so on my training course, there was only one other okay, um,
1: okay. one other uh, female pilot. And um, she's still one of my best friends today. Got on like a house on fire. She's done incredibly well in her career. She's actually chief pilot of a private jet company. Wow. Yes, she's done incredibly well. Um, and it's, it's weird. It's like, because there's not very many of you, when yeah. you do come across a female pilot, you're like, best friend. <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, you're like, I like you. and it's, so, so I do know a lot of female pilots because we're, we're just like little magnets, you know, yeah. we're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is great. Yeah. And we're all very similar in that, yeah, you just, you kind of, you've got the same mentality. You've got the same, yeah. you know, you obviously got the same career. Um, and you just, yeah, you get on really well. So I've, I've got quite a group of, uh, quite a big group of female pilots that um yeah it's it's just it's really nice. And the community as well, like within within the company I work with now. Um like when I was um when I was pregnant, uh there's a big group of female pilots. Uh and, you know, we all started a WhatsApp group. Right. You know, so we're, we're all, all pregnant pilots all okay. like giving each other advice and you know about like just everything everything and everything like return to work you know how we found returning to work after having yes. or being at the flight deck for a long period of time and giving each other support and and all that kind of stuff we've got a big Facebook group and um there's another little group that I know of pile of female pilots that just kind of live in my local area and we sometimes meet up for lunch and wow. we're you know there's lots some of them are captains some of them are long haul some are short haul but you know we just kind of all have that we're all mums so we all have that kind of that thing in common and it's just lovely yeah you you just go going back to that thing that you said to beginning you all just want to support each other yeah you know
0: yeah yeah Yeah. do you fly with many other female pilots so when you've said that that there's like two of you Mm. what's how often do you fly with with another female pilot not very often do you know, I in
1: my career I've only ever flown with four female
0: captains. Gosh,
1: wow! Yeah, yeah,
0: and it's lovely. I love it. It's <laughs> yeah. You can feel like close proximity, for it can be
1: you oh know for gosh, yeah.
0: long times. So yeah, you're you're basically you know
1: you're you're locked in a box with a stranger yeah. for up to 30 hours in a day I mean obviously we're allowed out <laughs> but um, you know you are in a very confined space with one individual yeah. doing um, you know quite a detailed job yeah, for, yeah. yeah I mean our, our duty days can be yeah 12 hours and if you're on long ball uh, you know it's, it's very yeah. similar but you're doing one flight you know we have a duty day of you know 12 hours but we do three flights yeah yeah um so there's a bit more movement and we sometimes change aircraft and stuff like that but um yeah you are in a confined space with somebody you you've never met before
0: that's a skill like, in itself isn't it of
1: yeah but it's I, I mean I really enjoy it because um I I um as you can probably tell I love to chat <laughs> so uh, I love hearing someone's story and um you know you start your day and having that that thought of oh I wonder wonder what what my captain's backstory is going to be and you meet so many interesting people really interesting people everyone's got a story about how they got here Mm -hmm. um and everyone a lot of people do you know some really cool stuff outside of flying like I flew with one guy the other day and I think we'd gone to Istanbul so it was quite a long flight so we had quite a lot of time in the cruise so we were chatting away about stuff and he does these ultra marathons okay he he did the Marathon du Sabre a few months yeah. ago, mm-hmm. and he's now doing basically the same thing, but in the Arctic. And I'm like, what? Oh boy. He's Running like six marathons in the snow, and so we ended up having this amazing chat about what he was going to eat. Let I go back to food, um, <laughs> and and he was telling me him and his kids are having a really fun time figuring out what freeze, what snacks freeze, and if it falls out. What? And I was like, oh my god, amazing! I was like, you should try this, and you need to try this. And <laughs> da, 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 da. It was a really cool day out because um, he was so interesting. He actually does a podcast as well. He interviews people that go and do extreme. Oh wow. And, yeah. Yeah. It was he was it was really in, yeah, and he was a really interesting guy. Um and um it wasn't something that I expected. No, you know?
0: and that's just in his spare time that he does yeah. he does things just
1: time. Yeah. Just you know, <laughs> run six marathons in six days. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, really, really interesting. Um and yeah, there's yeah it's great you know you never know who you're going to sit next to or what they're going to tell you and and um you know sometimes you know people people do all kinds of things you know i've met property developers um i've met guys that own businesses outside of flying and um or you know you just you just get to know somebody personally you talk about their family you know and you know life happens to everybody and sometimes you might be sat next to somebody who is going through something really tough you know or they might have had you know I flew with one guy who you know his wife had passed away and we ended up talking about that and it was a really m- touching conversation to have you know um, and uh, yeah everyone's got a backstory and, um,
0: yeah, and I know you're sat. That, that's the kind of that's an aspect that I don't think you always anticipate or appreciate when you're going through your training of yeah when I'm talking about how do you become a pilot and what it's like and everything you think of yeah. the train, you think of the the actual doing of of flying um yeah. but not that side as well that no there is that kind of side of the relationship building with somebody that you've never met before um yeah. but then they can enrich your life as well from those oh, absolutely the byproduct of being a pilot mm. that you don't always, yeah you don't always think yeah
1: of. and that's lovely it's such a nice part of this job you get to yeah. meet so many people um and um yeah everybody will you'll be you'll be touched in so many different ways by the individuals that you work with yeah. um and it's it's a, such a lovely part of, of this job
0: yeah thinking of of um of you going to wanting to be an actress going to university um Mm -hmm. traveling the world is coming crew what did your friends and family think when you said right that's it I've done my traveling loved it I am going to be a pilot that's my (laughs) that's my goal what was their reaction they did what? they laughed really (laughs) you really yeah um and
1: uh I think I think my mum my mum told me to go and boil my head. She's Scottish, so in her Scottish <laughs> actions, told <Tom's laughs> me to go and my head. And um, I thought, okay, fine, yeah, I'll take that. Like, it, it, it's pretty left field. Um, but especially with my parents, like my parents are incredibly supportive. And it was when I came back to them with a plan, you know, and I was like, right, this is where I want to go and train. This is how much it's going to cost. This is how I get the money. This is the job. This is how I pay it back. This is career, blah, 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 blah they were a bit like, okay, great. We'll take you seriously, seriously now. Let's, uh, let's figure out a way. Let's talk about it. You know, they came to the training organisation with me. They had a big open day. So I, you know, I took my parents along. And, um, you know, after that, I can remember dad and mum, they kind of took me aside and they were like, it's a big commitment. How are you feeling? And I can remember saying, I want to do this. And they both went, great, let's do it. And that was it like they've been my biggest cheerleaders Mm. and um have supported me in so many ways like I can't even thank them enough for what they've um helped me do and the career that they've helped me uh achieve and yeah I'm forever grateful for the support that I've got from them and and friends and family you know and, and, and my friends you know bless them you know flying took some sacrifice you know it took you know working you know a lot working weekends not always been available um but they're just like no that's cool that's that's what you're doing and we'll be here for you you know whenever so they're really understanding yeah no it's great so, they still laugh sometimes like oh, i can't, I can't leave you to
0: my planes. <laughs> that's the thing but it's like what you said here as well that you sometimes have the pinch me moments of like i yeah. know yes I, I i know i do it's it's yeah.
1: <laughs> but then I've, i you know i've spoken to other people that that do um you know as, as a friend of mine she's a surgeon and sometimes i'm like i can't believe you're a surgeon <laughs> you know but you know, she's like, yeah, no, me neither. Sometimes I can't believe I do that either. <laughs> but I think this is just human nature, isn't it? To so all of a sudden, you just you kind of downplay your own ability sometimes, don't you? And um, you just sometimes think, oh wow, yeah, I can't. Uh, I'm doing that, and uh, I'm I'm actually an adult. Yeah. Saying, I've got responsibility I've got two kids you have this moment where you don't feel like it you know I still kind of feel like I'm 25 and I'm not I'm almost 40 and you just got to think when am I gonna feel like an adult oh you you already are yeah like this this is this is adulthood
0: yeah this is it right now. so with with becoming a pilot by being a pilot what um what would you say so for anybody that's interested in it what would you say that um any skills or qualities or traits about them that you think a a successful a good pilot would need
1: so um i think you need to be you need to be dedicated to it um your training is it will feel like a bit of a long slog at times. So you need to be dedicated in order to put the hard work in this that's needed to get the outcome. So you are going to have to make some sacrifices, um, you know, whether that's personal, um, financial, you know, it, it costs, costs quite a bit of money. Um, but all of those sacrifices are well worth it. I think you need to have that in the back of your mind. You're like, it's, it's okay to give this up, whatever it is in order to get where I want to be. Um, Uh, you need to be one thing is trainable I know that sounds like a really odd thing to say but you know like I said beforehand I was like all these all the skills that you need in order to be a pilot you're you're trained in it so you need to be able to be trainable if you can't take instruction probably not the career for you yeah and this will happen throughout your career until you retire we are trained we get trained every six months we get put into the sim every six months and we get trained on emergency drills on um emergency procedures um and um there's this you know this great feedback loop that comes in every training uh scenario that we do you're not always going to get it right you have to take instruction from somebody and be able to take that on in order to be better Mm Um, so yeah, you need, you need, you need to have that kind of like trainable mentality. Um, I suppose in terms of like, kind of like your own attributes, attention to detail is quite important. Um, uh, because, you know, there's often things that we do the kind of day to day that are quite specific. So you need to be able to hone in on, on, on detail and, 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 um, be able to recognize when it's not right. Mm. Um, to be able to then make it right um you need to be quite adaptable i would say like being a pilot you do so like on our day-to-day work we you know we work to checklists and what we call standard operating procedures and that's quite prescriptive mm-hmm. but then you need to be able to think outside the box because you're going to deal with a bunch of stuff in your day-to-day that you have no idea and you're not going to be able to prepare for mm-hmm. so um you're going to need to be able to be adaptable to certain situations and and sometimes you know if, you, if you're trying to problem solve um you need to be able to think outside the box and be able to suggest certain things and and, and all that quickly. kind of stuff quite quickly yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you also need to be um able to be, you know when you, when, you're, when you're kind of faced with certain situations that can be high stress and workload you need to try and remain calm
0: mm-hmm.
1: and work methodically through a problem in order to reach the safest outcome that's what we're trying to do as pilots is 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 be safe you know we're getting our passengers from a to b and we need to get there as safely as we possibly can um, um, yeah. And, and, and in thinking about that, you know, you're going to be able to have to prioritize certain things as well. So that all kind of comes under your kind of problem solving. Um, you need to be communicating, you know, you're, you're working very closely with one individual in the flight deck, but you're also working with your cabin crew. You're also having to work with air traffic control and that's in the air on the ground. There's then, um, you know, all, all the ground stuff is, there's, there's dispatches, there's, um, Baggage handlers, there's ops, there's, um, there's so many people to to liaise with and work with throughout your entire day. Um, so yeah, being able to communicate with people is 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 quite key. Um, and being personable. Yeah, you know, that was one thing we were talking about. Yeah, you know, so um, if if it, if it's nice to, yeah, if 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 you're able to to be a joy to work with it <laughs> makes both your days much better there's always going to be people that you get on better with than others you know obviously that's just human nature um but to just to be able to adapt a little bit to whoever you're with um and you know be a little bit of a chameleon at certain times you know and change things but you know what all of these things I we'll go back to the training side of stuff all of these things can be you know trained and um you know you, you take constructive criticism at certain points you know all of these things are trainable so if I've said any of these things and somebody's like oh my gosh like I have no idea how to problem solve and I have no idea how to prioritize this and the other it's like it's okay that's why we go into the sim and our, 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 our sim sessions every six months will often hone in on these certain skills that then they'll 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 do a certain exercise that will kind of draw out these skills or a weakness and be like actually you're not you're great at that so how did we make it better yeah which yeah. is really great you know and, and this is throughout your entire career you're you're you know they're going to be like Yeah, let's, let's, like, our last sim was about workload management. So the whole point of our last sim was to chuck things at us to make us overloaded. It was really uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) oh, God, oh, you know, and it was working, it was all about recognising our own signs of being overloaded Mm. and how we deal with that, or recognising that your captain or, you know, the captain recognising the FO is overloaded and all of a sudden being like, how do I help with that? how can i ease the load how can i um how do how do we get through this together you know and uh, it was a really interesting sim and then you know after the sin and even sometimes you know during it as well so it's, it's 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 a real a real training environment we'll stop it or have a review and be like right so what went well there how how did how do you how do you feel here yeah. and um you know what could you maybe do to alleviate that or prioritize that or whatever it is you know um so yeah there's 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 certain attributes but i would just i would say the dedication and the trainability are are quite key if you've got them then you can work on everything else yeah yeah and you know don't um you know like i said in order to get into a training organization, if you are gonna go down kind of an integrated route, you have to take an assessment before you, you, you get into your training organization. So again, all those things can be, um, can be worked on, yeah. but you know it might just show you something that actually you're, you're really not very good at. Yeah. And in which case you have the chat with your trainer and you're in, the, in the organization and they might just say, actually, it's not for you. So don't worry about, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to be spending all this money and, and going through 18 months and maybe not be able to do it. They're, you know, the assessment over a reason.
0: Yeah. 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 And then lastly, either have you been given some advice that you would then pass on to others, or do you have your own advice to others that are interested in the industry? So I would say this was the advice that I got. Okay. Um, so I would pass it on
1: would be um, get yourself up in a light aircraft, make sure that you enjoy it because you might feel sick. you, <laughs> know, what? you know some people might get motion sickness. If you feel sick up in a light aircraft, your training is going to be miserable. <laughs> so you know maybe it might not be, the might not be for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, get yourself up in a light aircraft. Um, one thing you are going to need in order to pilot a commercial uh, jet is get a class one medical. And this class one medical makes up part of your license, and it has to be renewed every year. So you need to be of a certain fitness level, Okay. and um, of a <coughs> excuse me, um, I was, I was, I was, I was fitness level. Maybe that's that's the wrong way to say, but you need to be relatively, you know, healthy. Okay. Um, and there are some things that will preclude you from getting the class one medical. Now there will be underlying possibly um, health conditions that. I, I don't know the list of them but one thing i do know is color blindness.
0: if you're okay. colorblind
1: you cannot hold a class one medical mm-hmm. so um yeah if you can't get a class one medical then you you, you can't do this job okay. but you know there's um i'm sure there's colorblind tests online that's it
0: well that's it I, you'd be able yeah. to know exactly yeah
1: yeah yeah and if you're worried about anything then um you know if you have some kind of medical condition that you think might preclude you from getting a class of medical speak to somebody about it mm-hmm. yeah they are there's um aviation medical examiners they're called ames and you can uh, on the caa website you can find a list of them oh, right. um, okay. they've got their emails and their numbers and stuff like that call up one of them if you're worried about it call up one of them and just say oh i've got this like i don't i don't know hmm. uh, and they'll be able to give you some advice um um, and then I would say the next thing uh, this is advice that I was given was go and visit your training organizations have have a look at what it's going to take and there are lots of training organizations Uh, the CAA website has a list of them Mm -hmm. so depending on where you live you you know go and see your local one um or they often hold open days like you said you know you've been to open days and, and and flying kind of um fairs and stuff like that you know go online and just visit go and visit them and you'll be able to chat to cadets that are going through the training there and then yeah yeah they'll they'll be there um and um yeah if you know any pilots just go and just go and chat to them so those the three things yeah Thank get yourself you. in a light aircraft check about your class one medical and go and visit uh, a training organization speak to pilots those are the big things and visit the CAA website there'll be a, it, it has the
0: information there that you will need yeah and i can put that on the um think they call them the show notes on a podcast the show notes yeah so I'll put yeah brilliant yeah Um, brilliant Laura thank you thank you oh it's been an absolute pleasure really appreciate your honesty as well because I know um it's just really refreshing to hear that um sometimes that it's just not a a linear route that there's been some Mm. things and you know when there's struggles and you doubt yourself and all of those things so really appreciate your honesty um and you really do have such a cool job you really do
1: so thank you so I feel feel very lucky yeah yeah (laughs) Thank thank you for having me on it's been it's been a real pleasure chatting to you thank you
0: thank you so much for joining us today to hear Laura's story on how she became a pilot I really liked her openness and her honesty in not only how hard it is to become a pilot, but also how her route to becoming a pilot started because she didn't quite get the grades that she wanted or needed to become a clinical psychologist, the career that she thought that she was going to go into. But without that disappointment, she wouldn't have travelled the world as cabin crew. She wouldn't have been a pilot on a private jet. She wouldn't now be a BA pilot so it just shows that a career doesn't have to be linear and you don't always know what your passion is what you really want to do until something takes you in a different direction i really hope you enjoyed today i thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and so i hope you can join me next time for the next episode of when i grow up i want to be the career podcast